if you are a business owner who has been in business for a while, but you're still not seeing financial stability or consistent income, I would really take a moment to pause because there's clearly something off with your business model or your strategic approach with how you're implementing, which is causing you to have financial instability or inconsistency in cash flow. Um, and uh, nine times out of 10, when your business... Um, you know, if you've been in business for a year, two years, three years, and you're, and if you're, especially if you're running an online business, great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said podcast. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer, turned online high ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results but how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates now. Hey, hey, hello, hello. I hope you guys are having a phenomenal day, an amazing week. I know it's been a wild week in itself because of the coronavirus and the news has gone haywire. So many people's businesses are being impacted and affected. It's been insane. But I just wanted to check in with you guys because I haven't popped on live in a week. Do a Q&A, check in with you guys, see how you're doing, and just give you kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> a check-in with what's been going on with me. Okay. So what has been going on in my world? This past week has been really interesting. It's been so interesting just to see um, see how things have been unfolding just like in general. And I've had so many people reaching out to me, asking me about business advice on like what to do because of the virus, asking me if I've been impacted because of the coronavirus and impacted 
so many people have been texting me, just asking me like what to do, you know, how it's impacting me and my business and just my thoughts on it. So I figured I would pop on and share. Um, and then, like I said, I just want to check in with you guys. So I would love, you know, if you guys have any questions, want to do a Q&A, I'm just available. First thing is first, the coronavirus, my business has not been negatively impacted whatsoever. If anything, we've seen an increase in sales because of it. Um, I don't really think it's directly correlated to the virus or directly correlated to like the fear of what's going on, but my business has not had any financial hits. Um, And when at the moment I was like really sitting down with my fiance and we were just having some dialogue around this in general. And he was like, you're the cool thing about um, being a business coach and helping people grow their business, make more money, especially when it comes to helping clients package group coaching programs and helping clients enroll coaching prospects in a virtual way. We have not like Honestly, whenever there's massive layoffs in the country, when there was that government shutdown, um, people now losing their jobs or being delayed with jobs, a lot of people are looking for an additional revenue stream. Or if they've had a side hustle where they've been coaching um, kind of haphazardly, but you know hasn't really doubled down on the revenue aspects of it, like now is a perfect time for them to actually go all in on figuring out how to make this virtual consulting or coaching avenue for them more profitable. And um, so it's been honestly, like it has not negatively impacted me at all. You know, I I have a lot of friends who are wedding planners, event planners, photographers, videographers, like their business is very much dependent on shipping a physical product or, you know, like being in person. Even I have coaching clients or friends who so much of their coaching business is dependent on them uh, speaking in person, their corporate contracts. And like, I think it's really just making people more aware of, uh, volatility in their business model that they may have been aware of before, but maybe it wasn't a pressing concern or an urgent matter for them to really like think about strategically or to adjust or pivot or just align a different revenue stream or how they attract clients or how they enroll clients. So I think it's a really interesting opportunity for everybody to evaluate their business model. And just, you know, a lot of the time when the economy is in crisis, quote unquote, I always say like, as you're growing your business, um, things are broken all the time, right? Like people who have these businesses who are experiencing these issues, um, sometimes it's presenting problems that have been in existence, but have never been a major priority to fix to think through strategically or to work through. And now might be an opportunity to think about it, but some people are just, their business, you can't really have like forecast it this ever happening. Um, And it's really, really unfortunate how many people are being, you know, just like disheveled or displaced or their finances in a complete huge influx because of it. So a lot of people have asked me that. The second thing we have not been impacted financially because I'm very, very fortunate. My fiance runs a hedge fund. So one thing about those who pe- those individuals who are invested in the stock market or if your 401k is directly tied to the stock market, if your investments are not hedged, you run the risk of like the volatility of whatever's happening in the economy. And um, another thing I'm very, very fortunate of is my head, my fiance runs his own hedge fund. So like, that's what they do is they hedge investments. And so <laughs> our investment portfolio is comp- like, we haven't lost any money because of the stock market dropping because our investments are hedged. 
And um, I think that's just another, again, opportunity for you when you're thinking about your entire portfolio in totality, where your money is invested, how your money is invested, what vehicles you're invested in. Um, you know, I, I, the stock market is a great place. Your 401k is a great place. But like, no matter what you need to be, I, I personally think, know, and trust and believe now that you need to have alternative investments incorporated in your portfolio to make sure that your overall portfolio is properly hedged so that you are invested in things that are not, I guess, like reactionary based on what happens with the stock market. So that's something that, you know, I was just sitting down with him and I'm like, we have, like, we're good. <laughs> like, I'm laughing about it because it's, it's, it seems kind of insane, but like, we're really, really okay. And, um, you know, I, I think now specifically for him, you know, somebody asked more about hedge funds. Um, hedge funds are, uh, I think my, many people probably heard about hedge funds in like a movie or a TV show. Um, but hedge funds are a really great alternative investment, um, for you to consider if you have liquidity, if you have additional ca capital that you can move into a hedge fund primarily because it, it, one, they are, well, I'm not the best one to explain it. I need to have DJ come and do a live stream on like why hedge funds, particularly I shared, he wrote a really dope article on LinkedIn the other day. I shared it on my Facebook profile. So if you guys want to go check that out, just go to my Facebook profile and you can read his article. Um, it was all about like what to do with your cash when the economy is in crisis. I'm not the best at like explaining exactly what a hedge fund does, but I know part of the way it works with his investments is like most people, their, their money's in the stock market, right? So if the stock market goes up, you make money. If the stock market goes down, you potentially lose money or your investments are at risk. The way hedge funds are, he invests in like bonds. I think I need him to explain this. I'm going to butcher it. But the when the stock market goes up with a hedge fund, you typically will make money. But if the stock market goes down, you don't lose money. So like your investments are hedged. Um, that's like the elementary third grade level explanation of that. <laughs> so I'm just really, really uh, grateful um, right now, particularly. And I think another thing, when do you suggest for people who have been entrepreneurs for a while, but still don't have financial stability or consistent income? What do I suggest for those people? If you are a business owner who has been in business for a while, but you're still not seeing financial stability or consistent income, I would really take a moment to pause because there's clearly something off with your business model or your strategic approach with how you're implementing, which is causing you to have financial instability or inconsistency in cash flow. And uh, nine times out of 10, when your business... You know, if you've been in business for a year, two years, three years, and you're, and if you're, especially if you're running an online business, you know, if you're a coach, a consultant, a service provider, the cool thing about being a service based business is you have extremely low overhead to get started in comparison to a product based business or a more traditional quote unquote business. There is no reason why you shouldn't be profitable year one versus other traditional businesses. Sometimes it can take a bit longer to see that profitability. Like, there's such low overhead and low capital for us to get started. There is no reason why you shouldn't be profitable from the very beginning. 
So that's first thing. Second thing, if you are seeing, um, you know, instability in your cash flow or inconsistency in your cash flow, something is off with the promise of your offer and with how you're articulating the value of what you do. And there's probably something off with how you're actually like selling your offer. Many times that we notice when clients are, are experiencing that is they pick the wrong business model based off of the season that they're in and the capacity they have to execute. And they're not doing a good job articulating the promise of what it is that they deliver in a way that other people get it, understand, and are willing and able to pay for it. And normally those two adjustments by itself will put you in a position where you at least start seeing consistent revenue coming in. When it comes to having that stability and having like a more predictable cash flow, that really comes with your ability like to put the systems in place to properly qualify leads, attract those qualified leads to you and consistently enroll them. So one thing that we talk about in a lot of my live streams and a lot of my podcast episodes is I think there's three primary phases that a business goes through. It's money, manage and multiply. And if you have not figured out the money aspect yet, what promise can I deliver to my clients? What problem am I actually solving? Who is the minimum viable audience that I'm trying to focus on? How do I learn how to articulate my value? And like, really all you need to figure out is your promise and your ability to actually like bring in profit, close the sale. You do not need to be thinking about, worried about, you know, trying to solve problems, anything beyond that. I would not worry, be worried about how to hire team members, how to put in operational systems. Like I would not be worried about anything if I cannot figure out how to actually make money. So I think that's where like now more than ever, I would double down on like what business model makes sense for me. Um, typically most in the online space, you fall into one of two categories. Are you high ticket, low volume or are you low ticket, high volume? Meaning um, high ticket, low volume is you're enrolling clients $1,500 to $15,000 a piece. You're really focusing on a very niche, narrow path in regards to who it is you want to attract and, and what problem you want to solve for them. And you're focused on sales. High ticket, I mean, low ticket, high volume means you might be trying to solve a broad issue, but you're playing a volume game. You're selling things typically less than $1,000 per client. Um, and your primary goal there is to like get a ton of people to buy your thing so you can hit your revenue goals. And you really need to evaluate what your capacity is and what your constraints are in regards to what you can actually execute consistently right now. Um, and then from there, you just need to focus on sales. Like all you need to worry about is sales because um, not your branding, not how pretty your website is, not figuring out Facebook ads. You just need to worry about sales. When a client, do you know how to qualify a lead through a direct message? Do you know how to um, lead a sales conversation from somebody who's engaged in your content to them actually becoming a qualified prospect to them actually making a decision on whether or not you're the best next step for them? That is all you need to be worried about in the beginning. So um, I hope that answered your question, but that's like, that's all I would tell you to do and where I would really encourage you to double down and focus your energy and efforts because Having the title of a CEO or like going through the government and getting your LLC, anybody can be a business owner um, or like have the title of it, you know, but I don't think you really have a business until you start actually generating consistent cash flow. Like anybody can have an LLC. Um, so I think like we got to get beyond that. Um, so we teach sales in a couple different ways. Um, we have a new program we just came out with. It's called The Right Response. You can visit jerishahawk.com backslash right response. That training is um, specifically for how to overcome client objections. So that training is specifically for like sales. 
It's specifically for sales. It's specifically for client objections and how to overcome client objections. Um, if you are somebody that needs help clarifying your promise and actually packaging what your high ticket offer will be, that's what we teach our clients inside of services that sell. So, um, so right response teaches you specifically about high ticket. It's focused on high ticket sales, but it's focused on overcoming client objections. And the second thing is if you need help with pack, you know, clarifying your promise and packaging your high ticket offer, that is what we teach inside of services that sell. So that's a fantastic question. Yes, I focus I specialize in high-end, high-ticket sales. So people who are trying to enroll clients, $1,500 to $15,000. So that's what we teach and what we specialize in. So that's been just a really interesting thing lately. My brain, um, I had to check in with my team today because like, I know it's impacting so many other people, but I'm like, it's not impacting us. So I didn't even think to ask my team, how are they doing? Like the only major concern my team is having is like their grocery store being out of toilet paper, (laughs) the grocery store being out of like produce, (laughs) like, like that type of stuff. Luckily, even for us in that category, we, my fiance, he got us a Costco membership a couple months ago and I'm new to the whole like buy in bulk world. (laughs) so we've been buying toilet paper over the past few months and like we have so much of it because I mean, it's just me and him in this house. So we have so much toilet paper and paper towel and like that type of stuff. So we're like, we're covered on all, on all bases here. So that's that, you know, I had two events scheduled for next week for me that I was supposed to go to in LA literally in the past 48 hours, we've canceled both of those trips I've had to call Delta and cancel our flights, you know, so that like it's impacted me that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm watching too, like these individuals who had these in-person events, you know, they're scrambling now to make these a virtual experience. And I'm so excited because um, it's really cool. Even though this isn't like directly impacting me, it's really awesome to see so many people rallying together to figure out solutions. And like, I think this is what business is all about. Like, I think there's a reason why there's an ebb and flow in the economy. And there's a reason why, like, part of the game is like the survival of the fittest. And it's it's messed up, but like, that's part of the way our, like, nature is designed. And I just think this is a time period for people to really allow themselves to get creative on solutions and solving problems and that's something I am saying that I'm really fortunate to be able to witness during this time period. Something I'm kind of grateful for is like, you know, just seeing the creativity that comes out of these business owners who are having to adjust and being able to experience it and also be part of the the think tank or the brainstorming aspect of it to kind of help them figure out new solutions. So that's what's going on with that. I made a commitment this year that I, I'm not paying to go to any events that are not included in group coaching programs or masterminds that I joined unless I'm a paid speaker to be there. So I didn't necessarily have to like pay for a ticket to go to these events. One thing I do thought was, I thought was really, really awesome was, you know, Delta, the flight I had purchased didn't come with like a refund policy or what's it called? Like, you know, you can buy a certain ticket that allows you to like move your seat or adjust your seat. So I I technically shouldn't have been able to like cancel my flight, but because of the virus, Delta did give me like a voucher to use at a later date within the next year, I think. So that was really awesome. The hotels were like super understanding. They let me just cancel my reservations without uh, me having to pay for anything or like to pay for a deposit. 
And both of the events that I was supposed to attend next week, they are both just turning them, they're turning them into virtual experiences for us. So they're still going to be happening next week. You know, my calendar's already blocked off for it. So I'm probably going to rent either like check myself into a hotel room or rent an office space for a day or two, just so I can like still be focused and like still try to get the most value out of the event. So I didn't have to like get my ticket back or anything like that. Cause it's, it's just kind of like an additional thing that they offer within the programs that I'm in. But yeah, I know my cousin called me the other day and she's a makeup artist and she was like, Jay, what the, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, do I get people refunds on their deposits? Cause they're canceling their makeup appointments cause their events got canceled. And, you know, I just, I really like, I think this is a really true test of time too, for you as a business owner to evaluate your value system, you know, like, this is a situation that's kind of out of any and everybody's control, but you know, just what feels good for you to enforce and like, how would you want to be treated if you were a customer on the other end? And that's kind of like the line of thinking that I like to use when, when making these tough decisions during times like this too. So yeah, it's kind of messy. It is, it is, it is very messy right now. I mean, if you guys know, we created the new training called Right Response, which is strictly focused on helping people overcome client objections when they're trying to enroll clients in high ticket programs. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, the training went really, really well. We've had, I think, close to 100 people sign up for it and go through it, which is so dope. Um, so that's a fantastic training that I've been putting a lot of pouring a lot of my energy into over the past few weeks like the last two weeks. Um, I see somebody saying update their contracts. And that's a really good point too. If you guys do not have contracts in place, that is like something that is vital for you to have. But I think Anita, like I'm noticing a lot of people voiding things in their contract because of the situation in itself. Like I know a lot of people have it detailed in their contracts, like deposits are non-refundable, you know, like Delta in their contract with a ticket I bought, I should not have been able to refund my ticket or move my flight. But because of the situation, they were willing, you know, they've been making this a mass adjustment for everybody. So it's a good point. Like you definitely should have a contract. And that's the whole point of contracts too, to kind of detail out these situations on like what might happen, what could happen and provide language and guidance on how and what to do in that time period. So that's what's been going on. I created a new training, released that Pouring into my leverage clients, um, we have a, a group coaching program that helps clients take their one-on-one service and turn it into a high-ticket leverage group program. And it's been so fun working with those clients because um, the number one goal for all of them is how do we get them beyond six figures, right? Like getting to six figures is a huge milestone, but it's something that, you know, with the right business model and the right offer, you can get there pretty seamlessly, like if you have the right offer, a clear promise, and you know how to sell clients, you can get to 100K easily in your first year um, in business or in the next 12 months, really without, you know, just with like consistency and, and disciplined effort towards your work, right? But getting beyond that multi six-figure mark, getting to quarter of a million, yes, Ebony, with the right offer, including like a clear promise and actually how to sell your service, you can get to six figures relatively simply. Um, the note, the thing that the, the constraint that happens is once you get to that six figure mark, a lot of the time you got there off of pure hustle and it's not really sustainable. Like it's not the best way forward to get you to quarter of a mil, 300 K, that type of thing. So 
you know, when you're making that adjustment, there's, you have to start to evolve in your identity and you have to start operating differently, putting different processes in place, like really thinking about your client experience and your customer journey and the delivery of your offer differently than you had to what got you to six figures. So that's what leverage is all about. Um, I see so many of my leverage students on, hey guys. Um, And it has been so much fun working with them because like, I love like the aha moments, the light bulbs that go off, like the mindset breakthroughs that are happening for some of these clients in the first week or two of being in the program. And I'm just, I'm pumped for them. So that's been a lot of my time too. You know, I'm seeing Ebony y'all is taking some serious notes over here on Instagram. So like, thank you, Ebony, for that. Keep it up. But you guys have any other questions? What are you guys like struggling with working through right now? I know some one of you guys said you had never heard of a hedge fund before. Um, I do want to circle back to that because these like somebody asked me the other day too, like, you know, Jay, you know, why did you start your business? And like, what do you think is the real value of having an online business? And I want to communicate this and kind of circle this back in with the hedge fund point. You know, I originally started my online business not really thinking it was going to be the business that it is today, but like really because I wanted to solve a problem that people kept asking me about. Um, And I continue to grow the business because like it's such a low overhead business. Um, There's very high profit margins that are available to you in it. And it just gives me the type of flexibility that I wanted in my lifestyle from a financial aspect and from a time aspect. But the thing that I have been realizing more now than ever is the beauty of an online business is, again, that high profit margin. And I used to think my business was going to be the thing that would create my wealth, you know, get the business to doing a million, five million a year, and I'm in a happy place. What I've come to realize or kind of the way I think about my business today is my business, this business that I have today is a vehicle that allows me to get rich. Um, It allows me to have liquidity. Um, What I mean by liquidity is like be liquid with cash. You know, because you have high profit margins in an online business, a lot of the time you have a surplus of just like legitimate cash at hand. You have a lot of capital that you can move. And I kind of look at my business. I don't kind of. I look at my business now as the thing of how do I get more cash on hand so I can take the cash that I've been able to create from a profit perspective in my business to go invest in alternative opportunities, like invest in a hedge fund, invest in, invest in private equity, invest in limited partnerships. You know, real estate is uh, a play that we're considering, but like that's not going to be the, the basis of, of our portfolio. So like, that's kind of how I look at my business today. And I think that's like higher level thinking, you know, that all of you guys should be thinking about like, what is your exit strategy? Like, what is the end? Like, how do we get out? And when you're building an online business different from traditional businesses, a lot of traditional businesses or product-based businesses, a lot of them or software businesses, they build their business with the intention of selling it. Um, Or that's an opportunity for them is to sell their business. When you're building an online business where you're a coach or a consultant and like your face is uh, very much tied to the the business model and the revenue and the cash flow, you know, many of us, we're not going to be able to quote unquote, sell our businesses. Or even if we do, we're not going to be able to sell them for the same type of returns as a traditional business more often than not, but that's okay. You know, my goal is my exit strategy or like, is how do I get, you know, take the money from my business, have enough profitability and take the cash flow, the excess cash flow that we have, take the money out of the business and go invest it. And those investments are the thing that build my wealth rather than my business being the thing that builds my wealth, if that makes sense. 
So the reason why many of you guys probably have never heard of a hedge fund is um, normally it's like the 1% of the country are the, the typical type of individuals that take advantage of that investment opportunity, um, mainly because there's typically a very high, I shouldn't say high cost of entry, but there's typically a high cost of entry to even be able to invest in those vehicles. A lot of the time you have to be considered what is called an accredited investor to be able to even take part in private equity deals. Um, I'm not sure if you have to be a private, uh, an accredited investor to partake in hedge fund opportunities, but you definitely have to be for private equity. And that is a law in the United States, which is when people say the system is designed to keep the rich rich, they're not joking when they say that. Um, so to be an accredited investor, you either have to have a million dollars worth of assets, not including your, your primary residence, or you need to make $250,000 a year in revenue. That's to legally be considered a accredited investor. And uh, yeah, most funds require that. I figured that, George. So you have to have that. And a lot of the time, if you want to invest with a hedge fund or invest in private equity, most of those funds will not let you even participate unless you at minimum have a hundred K, a hundred thousand dollars as an initial like buy-in is normally the case. And a hundred thousand dollars is actually like on the lower end of when some of these investment firms or, or investment funds will even let you participate. So that's why many of us have maybe heard the term on TV um, or maybe have never heard of it is primarily because many of us are not in a financial position where we can even participate. So we wouldn't even be exposed to it. So it's been really cool. Like, again, I know how to make money and get people rich and teach people how to like sell, but it's a completely different ball game when you think about what is the the approach to like what's required for me to build wealth because getting rich and building, building wealth are two very different approaches um, to how you play your revenue. So it's something I'm learning a lot more about um, something I'm very excited to be able to expose my higher end clients to. Um, but that's like, I think regardless of wherever you're at in business, I just think those are things to just keep top of mind or to just like keep in the back of your mind, quite honestly, because it allows many of us want to build wealth, but um, kind of a homework or a piece of a, uh, an assignment I would really give to all of you is I asked my girlfriends this um, when we were on a trip a couple weeks ago is many people have like set goals for like how to get out of survival, right? A lot of the time people set these revenue goals of like, you know, I want to make 5K a month. I want to make $7,000 a month. I want to be able to put my child in, my kid in daycare. I want to be able to um, have a college fund for my kid. Like a lot of those goals are like getting out of survival mode. That's just getting to a point where you're able to actually, I, I think like experience a decent quality of life. But many people have not thought about their goals beyond survival. And I really want you to think about like, what would your like lifestyle desires be beyond just survival? What is that dollar amount? How much does it cost for you to do that? Like, and if you're an entrepreneur, my business is my retirement plan. You know, like the success of what we do here in our business, like this is my retirement plan um, and how well I play my hand now. And like I said earlier, like stack up, you know, get liquid so I can move that money to make investments. Like that's my retirement plan. If you are repeating a task over and over again in your business, you should automate it. Acuity Scheduling is my favorite system, not just because they sponsored today's episode, but because they helped me automate all of those client interactions. 
With Acuity Scheduling, you'll never ask what time works for you again. Clients can quickly view your real-time availability, and it even integrates with your Google Calendar. And they can self-book their own appointments, reschedule with a click, and even pay online. You can even use Acuity Scheduling to book appointments on social media. You heard me right. With your Facebook business page or IG's booking button, your followers are literally just a click away from scheduling through your social media profile. Seriously, I could go on and on about how easy Acuity Scheduling makes it for me to keep up with my clients despite my busy schedule. But what's even better than me telling you is you seeing for yourself. For a limited time only, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle to check it out for yourself. That's acuityscheduling.com backslash Hawk Hustle for your free 45-day trial. Go get on it. So when you think about, you know, I think somebody asked earlier, what do you do if you've had a business for a while, but it's not profitable or seeing consistent cash flow? If you're not looking at your business as your retirement plan, I don't think you're taking it seriously enough. Like, you know, make, I, I don't think people, like, I think people look, some people look at their business as like this, a nice to have. Um, I look at it as a necessity. Like this is, I keep saying this, this is my retirement plan. Like this is, I don't want to be necessary. I don't want to have to be present in my business when I'm 80 years old. Like I do not want to have to be selling online at 65. Now, if I choose to be doing that, that is a choice I want to have. I do not want it to be something I have to do for survival. So I would really encourage you to think about what are your goals beyond survival? How much, um, what is that dollar amount that you want to have? And I think and like also too, stop thinking so much of I want to build wealth. I want you to start thinking about what does my net worth need to be? What do I want my net worth to be in order to sustain the quality of life I want from a retirement perspective? And I think so many people can attach on to these like buzzwords of like build wealth and like chase your passions. And like, that's all BS, I think, Um, because sometimes a lot of people say build wealth, but they've never actually defined what wealth means for them. And they've never clearly articulated to themselves. What does it mean for me to have wealth in my life? So I think that's something I, I was sitting down with my girlfriends and like <laughs> having a full on dialogue with them about. But I really encourage you to think about that is stop thinking so much about building wealth. Many of us, it, it's um, you got to get to a certain level of being rich and a certain like net worth in order for you to even have the cards to play the game of building wealth, to be quite honest. So my thing is like, what what are your like, what do you want your net worth to be? Um, beyond just surviving, right? Beyond just getting, like so many people like, I just want to get out of debt. Like that's just getting your net worth back to zero. And I think those are great goals and great aspirations to have, but I just encourage you to set goals that are even beyond that point because I want you to set goals so big that you have to become a different person in order to achieve them. I want you to be able to start thinking at a larger level because, and that to the point where it forces you to evaluate what your current identity is to evaluate how are you, how am I showing up every day? Like so many people talk about, you know, um, like there's growing. And then I want you to start thinking about goals that will put you in a position where you're experiencing growing pains, right? You're either growing or you're dying, right? You're either advancing or you're like, you know, in battery saver mode, which none of us should want to be in, but a lot of us are in is like, you're slowly dying, but you don't even realize it's happening. Um, or you're legit at red, 
And I want you to think about what are goals that, you know, are beyond just your survival. Like, what do you want your net worth to be that, that, that allows you to afford the lifestyle that you want beyond just survival? Um, how much money do you need to have in your net, in your total assets in order for you to, you know, get the dividends or get the checks or whatever it is for you to be able to support your lifestyle where you don't have to work anymore? Um, when you're running your own business, at what point do you want to retire? Right. Like at what point do you want to say after this age, I don't have to work if I choose to work. That is my choice, but I don't have to work. What is that dollar amount going to need to be to sustain you if you never worked another day in your life? Like these are um, bigger things to think about, but I think is important for you to think about, especially as a business owner, because when you can attach that larger vision, um, not only individually, but, you know, that's my goal for all of my clients. Like my goal is to get you rich. If I can get you rich and get you liquid, that puts you in a position to build wealth. You're, uh, many of us are not going to build businesses that are going to be worth $100 billion or like worth a billion dollars. Like that's just, just the reality of it. But many of us can build million dollar businesses. Um, and a lot of us don't even need million dollar businesses to, to be worth over a million dollars right? You can be running a business that's 400K in revenue, 500K in revenue, but you have 20, 30% profit margins and you are taking your profit and investing it in a hedge fund. And like you can make 400, 500K a year and still be a millionaire without your business being the thing that produces a million dollars a year annually for you. So those are just things that we've been having a lot, a lot of dialogue about in our household um, this past week and um, things I just encourage you to think about and take time to process and take time to think about. And it's easy to just focus on what your current circumstances are. And it's easy to just focus on like, how do I just get out of survival? How do I just stop? How do I just get out of debt so my net worth can be zero? Like, I want you to really stretch yourself to think beyond that and figure out what that number is for you. Like, I, I just, because then when you make that decision, that now will dictate, you know, your business model. That will dictate, like, you know, how much profit you need to be aiming for. Like, that will allow you to start making some data-driven decisions, you know, more than ever. And uh, Alia said, thank you for sharing and making these dialogues like normal AF. Like, this is normal conversation in my household. We talk about this all the time. Um, I want this to be normal for you, too. You know, I always tell my fiance, I'm like, I love, you know, he talks to me. He's like, do you ever actually listen to me? I'm like, dude, I'm listening to you all the time. I don't need, I don't think you realize the ripple effect that you're having because I share what you tell me with my clients and with my audience. Um, you're helping so many more people than you realize than just talking to me in the living room or a pillow talk at night. So, you know, like, I think, I just think this is important. And like, to me, this is really what business is all about. And like, you know, I had a sales call today with somebody who was interested in enrolling in leverage. And she was just like, you know, who are your mentors? Who do you listen to? And I gave her some responses that I think maybe caught her off guard. I was like, you know, I study pastors. I study how pastors preach. Um, I, you know, I my fiance, like I study a lot of other business industries to help influence how I make decisions in my own business. And she was like, well, no, like, who do you follow online? Who are your online mentors? And I just think it's so important that like, 
sometimes we can pigeonhole ourselves that when you start growing a business online or you're a coach or a consultant, you kind of like suck yourself into this bubble that exists online. You start only comparing yourself against, you know, the Amy Porterfields, the James Wedmores, the Caitlin Batchers, the Marie Forleos. And quite honestly, like doing one to $15 million a year in revenue in the larger scheme of the greater world is small revenue in business. That's still a small business. And um, it's not to like diminish the success that they have seen, because I think it's absolutely amazing and miraculous what they've been able to do. But it's just like you, we guys, we have to think like running an online business is just uh, a way in which we've chosen to attract clients and generate revenue. But like there's still normal business and like there's business that exists beyond like the online world and like our little bubble or our little sphere um, that we take up in the economy. And I just think it's really important for us to think strategically and think bigger and think beyond just the bubble of the world that you can get sucked into online. Like, does anybody else relate to that? Like where you just only start, you start only making decisions based off of how people do it online and you forget like, oh, like there's all these other businesses that are like billion dollar organizations and like clearly they're doing something right too. Um, there's all these other executives and leaders and perspectives and decisions that they're making and like strategically how they're thinking through things that are also very relevant. And I, I don't want to get too far disconnected from that. Right. Um, and I come from corporate, you know, I was, I'm an engineer by degree. I used to work for a fortune 300 company. I was a a lead engineer of a $400 million pipeline project. Like I think too, like I never lose root with that, that fortune 500 type of corporate decision-making. So I just think it's really important that like, yes, learn from your industry and learn in your niche. It's important to understand how this business model works specifically, but as you're growing, especially as you start surpassing 200 K a million dollars in revenue, it's really important for you to diversify how like the, diversify that knowledge gap that you now have. And I, you know, it's, it's important. Like it's a, it's a, I don't know. It's just important knowing when to manage um, that influence. I guess is the best way for me to communicate it because in the beginning you do need to know, like, how does this business model work? How do I make this business model work online? Um, how does it operate? How does it run? How do you make decisions within it? But I think after you get to a certain point, like right now in my business, we're not doing anything new. Like there's not some shiny object, you know, some new tactical strategy that we're putting in place that's allowing us to grow our revenue faster. Like, no, we're just doubling down and doing things that we've always done well, just doing them better. And when you're in the beginning, I think it's really important for you to focus and like dial in. But as after you get to 300K in revenue, a half a million dollars in revenue, like, it's not really any like new tactic. It's, it's just doubling down and refining and perfecting and honing in on that one thing. Now, I think after we get to a million dollars a year in revenue, I think, um, again, it's, we're going to have to adjust how we've done things because typically what gets you to your first million isn't going to be the thing that gets you to your third million. But like, it's just, it, I think it's just really important for you to gauge what season am I in business? And based off of what season I am in business, where does my attention and focus need to be? Because I think the the biggest thing, this is something that I run into as an issue. I did a lot earlier in my business, or like a year ago, this was my biggest problem is I kept trying to solve problems that were three or four steps ahead of where I was. And I was trying to avoid failure 
So I was trying, that was the main thing. I was trying to avoid failure that was two or three steps ahead of where I was. And that is probably one of the most detrimental things that I did last year. I think that's something that actually um, slowed our growth last year is because I was trying to avoid failure um, so much that I was, again, putting money and energy and effort towards solving problems that are two or three steps ahead of where I was. And the reality is um, that was a really inefficient way for me to spend money and a really ineffective way to, for me to spend my time and my energy because the problems, I was trying to solve problems that weren't even here. I was making up scenarios and worried about, you know, failing about this or not knowing how to do this or not knowing how to hire this. I, it was all made up problems. So I was, I was seeing symptoms and misdiagnosing the cause and giving them improper, um, like medicine to cure it. Does that make sense? And that's probably one of the most detrimental things that you can do. So I, I want to, preface what I'm stating right now with you need to evaluate what season of business you are in and evaluate what blinders you need to have on during this season until you get out of this season. Because, you know, if you're in the money season of business where you're just trying to figure out how do I clarify my promise and get to a point where we're doing, you know, 30 to 100K in revenue, you need to have a different level of focus. And if you're at, you know, 70 to 100K in revenue, you're trying to get to a quarter of a mil. You need to have a different level of focus there. Once you're at a quarter of a million, you're trying to get to a million, you need to have a different level of focus. So what I'm telling you right now is speaking from somebody who is on track to do a million. Um, I'm at a different phase than some of you. I might be at the exact same phase as a few of you, but like, I want to preface that statement because you mimicking what you see me doing today might be two or three steps ahead of where you are. And you overly mimicking what I'm telling you, to, like, what I'm telling you I'm doing right now may be detrimental for the season that you're in. Full transparency. Y'all know how I am about transparency. I want to make sure that you understand what's required, what's required to get the results that you want, but also understand like, you guys get what I'm saying? Just give me like a yes, I got you or throw some hearts up on the screen. So I, I know you understand that. And how has your target audience evolved over the past few years? My target audience has just got more niche. It has just got more niche. I was talking to my clients and the services that sell the other day. They're like, I have to niche again. It's not niche enough so much. It's just, you never stop niching. You never stop niching. Um, so that for me has been how my target audience, how my target audience has changed. We've just been doing a better job of like dialing in even more, getting more niche, specializing even more, getting more specific an example, I'll, I'll walk you guys through this. So I started my business off of like, any woman who has a goal, if you're a goal getter, I can help you accomplish your goals. That's where I started. Trash. If that is what your niche is right now, stop it, cut it, refine it. So that was my first, my initial niche, right? Uh, <laughs> I help women who, you know, I help goal getters accomplish their goals. Then I niche down to, I help anybody who has a nine to five build a business on the side. What does that mean? I don't know, was not really a good target audience. Um, then we went from that to like, it was called Fuck Fixed Income, FFI. So anybody who was trying to get out of like fixed income and they were like really had this emotional attachment to like being able to make money beyond their paycheck. Uh, then we niched down to anybody who wants to package a signature service, like package their, their primary offer, what their core offer was gonna be. 
Um, then we went from packaging a high ticket signature service. So we got a little bit more specialized um, and really only focusing on service providers. Uh, and we still do that now. Like that's uh, more of where our niche is today is like, how do you clarify, you know, even with package your signature service, we've even drilled that down even more now where it's how do you um, clarify your promise, articulate your value and um, enroll premium high ticket clients consistently using direct response, organic marketing tactics. Like we have got so we're so dialed in on who we help, who we are for and who we are not for. It is almost ridiculous. Like not only can I, I can walk into a room right now and not talk and identify ide- ideal um, candidates. Literally, like if I go into an event space of 100 women, I can literally point out without speaking to anybody, at least like I could, I could guarantee I could point out 12 qualified candidates. That's how well I know my target audience. Like it's like, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I know them better than my fiance. <laughs> I'm like, I need to know my fiance at this level of depth. Like I'm still learning my fiance at this level of depth, but like how has the target audience changed and evolved? It's gotten more dialed in. And like the more niche we have gotten, the more money we have made, the more specific we have gotten, the easier has been for us to set ourselves up to scale. Like I say it all the time, niching down is the best, like it's probably one of the most uncomfortable decisions that you will make and have to continue to make in your business. But I'm like, until we get to a million dollars, we haven't proved anything. Like until I can get to a million dollars in revenue and that is consistent and repeatable and predictable, I'm like, we have not accomplished anything yet. Because in the grander scheme, in the bigger world of business, like only 4% of business owners ever make it to the million dollar mark. That's just in totality. Out of all the businesses that exist in the United States, only 4% of them make it to a million dollars. The reason being is like most businesses um, fail, quit, shut down before they like ever even give themselves a chance to make a million dollars. It normally takes the average millionaire. It takes the average millionaire to make, um, you know, to have a million dollar to be a millionaire. It takes them normally seven to 10 years. Most people quit before that time period ever comes. You know, my goal is to be able to hit a million dollars well before seven to 10 years. You know, my goal is to do it in four to five um, we're on year four right now. I'm really hoping that this is our year, but I niching down is probably one of the most uncomfortable things to do. Cause you know, the fears and the worries of, am I leaving money on the table? And, and uh, I'm going to have to turn away clients. Like, and it's interesting to think that where you are right now is like, I'm not in a position to be turning people away or like saying that we can't help you. And there's a difference between, Like you really niche down. There's a difference between how you serve your clients and how you deliver your service versus how you sell what it is that you do. And when it comes to niching down, the more that you can niche, it makes it easier for you to properly communicate and uh, push out your messaging within your marketing. That's what niching really allows you to do. It allows you to speak through your marketing more specifically to attract and repel the type of clients But it's not to say that like you still, and it also like on the back end, it allows you to work with better clients. It allows you to deliver on better results. And when you're in the beginning of your business, like y'all, listen, we are like, nobody knows who we are, (laughs) you know, like we still have to build the trunk of our tree before we have the, the privilege of being able to branch off and it be effective. Like, I want you to think about like even the Kardashians as 
whatever your opinion of them is, they did that TV show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, for like a freaking decade before Kim and Kylie and all of them started branching off with all these you know, alternative brands. You know, they didn't start off with these makeup brands and these clothing lines and all this other stuff in the beginning. No, they built the they, they built the trunk of their tree. They built a solid foundation that they were consistent on doing for like seven to 10 years, probably even longer than that before Kim made a, a fragrance or made a makeup line or came out with skims or before Kylie created a makeup line. Like that's why their branches were so successful because the trunk of their tree was so solid. You guys get what I'm saying? Many of us have these little like, you know, weak branch, weak, weak trunks, trunks, you know, like the seed has barely cast a sprout and you're already trying to, to branch off and add on new revenue streams and serve new audiences. It's like your, 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 your seed just sprouted up its first little leaf. It does not have the support to do that. So I think we we kill our businesses too fast. We up and, and for some of you guys, you never even stay in a position long enough to even allow the sprout to to burst or to bloom. You will uproot the seed and keep moving it and keep moving it and keep moving it. You never actually let it take root. So some of you guys quit and move too fast too soon where you never really give your business the opportunity to actually thrive and to like actually grow. So some of y'all quit way too fast, um, like way too fast. And some of y'all are planting seeds in like sand, planting seeds in rock. And you're wondering why your thing isn't growing. It is not in an, in an environment that is even allowing it to be in a position to grow. So that's another thing. Like I really, that's a, maybe another piece of homework is where is your seed currently planted? Is it planted in proper soil? Meaning, do you have the right business model? Have you even set yourself up to succeed? Like, do you have the right business model for the capacity that you have? Have you clearly articulated and defined your promise? Do you know how to sell? If you, those are like the, the soil conditions that are necessary for growth to even happen. If you do not have those three things or ha- are studying those, through th- those three things, your seed is probably planted on rock or on sand versus in soil. Second thing is once your seed has been planted and you've given yourself proper soil conditions for it to even grow, how often are you moving your seed? How often are you uprooting the seed because of fear, because of your doubt, because of, you know, imposter syndrome, because of lack of self-worth or self-integrity, because of whatever, because of what your mama told you, whatever it is. How often are you are you uh, uprooting that seed because you are afraid and moving it, which is causing it to not grow? How often are you creating conditions where you're self-sabotaging? And then lastly, once you get a little bit of success, once the seed sprouts, how quickly are you noticing yourself creating branches? And what I mean by that is like how many different offers are you selling? If you sell in five, four different products or different offers, and you are not doing over a million dollars a year in revenue, you doing too much, way too much. I can guarantee you, you're doing too much. How do I know I'm doing too much, Jay? Well, are you profitable? Is your revenue where you want it to be? Are you consistently able to produce this at a level of excellence that you know is required for it to be consistent moving forward? Questions that need answers. I ain't even got nothing else to say after that.
That's all I got. I think that's where we need to end, you know? That's it. That's all I got. I ain't even got nothing else to say to you. You know, moment of reflection, moment of silence. I know somebody's wig is all the way off, you know? I know somebody like this heifer don't even know me, but she, she, how she know my life like that? I, I mean, I thought we was cool. Now she out here calling me out on a live stream on a Friday. You know, I just got paid. I'm over here questioning everything, right? You know, I can't even pronounce this heifer name. Jahu, Jawat, Jerisha, what, what is this? We just met. This is my first time coming on your live stream. I stayed on for this. You know, but I, I mean, I just want you to win. I want you to win. <laughs> like, I just want you to win. I do. Sometimes what's required to make you win is also uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. But that's why only 4% of business owners ever make it to a million dollars. I think it's only like 15% that even get beyond six figures. Like it's the numbers are not in your favor. But the reason being is because many of the actions and the decisions that you currently make right now are also not executed in a way that aligns with what's in favor to you either. People don't achieve these levels of success, not because it's it's um, only for the lucky few, just only the lucky few are typically obedient enough and disciplined enough and consistent enough to keep at it. That's it. That's all it is. For anybody's wig who got snatched off, do you deserve to have a wig back? Should you actually be running out here raggedy bra brazen ball headed for a little bit? Because that's just how real it got. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Are you willing to sacrifice not having your wig on for the next couple months to get your business together, to get your life together? Are you? <laughs> but y'all, we got to get it together. So that's what I got for y'all today. I just wanted to check in, chime in, tune in, dial in, all of that. Yeah. But if any of you guys need help with overcoming sales objections, or if you want to learn the psychology of high ticket sales, you can visit that link again, jerishahawk.com backslash right response. You can click the link in the title of this description or click the link in my bio over on Instagram and, and get it. Um, it's a very approachable price point. It's more than worth the investment. So you guys can go check that out and sign up for it. It's really, really good. Again, it really dials into the psychology of sales, specifically high ticket sales, and helps you really understand what to say, when to say it, how to leverage your content to overcome client objections before you get on the sales call. It's really powerful training. So you guys can go check that out. I gave you guys some homework assignments. I would love some feedback. You know, like slide in my DMs, tag me on Instagram stories. Let me know that you actually did the homework and um, I'll holla at y'all later. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and toodaloo, toodaloo. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit jerishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.